Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. Just this morning, I was headed to Montgomery, and we took off, and everything looked fine. The weather report was fine, and when we got to a certain point, the pilot had to make a decision because we encountered clouds that were not predicted. And so when we got there, we got to this particular part, maybe about 15, I'll say maybe 20 minutes from the city. I'm wrong. Let me back up some more. It started about 20 minutes after we left, so I'll say maybe about, maybe about 25 minutes from Montgomery. The pilot had to make a decision, a command decision, whether he was going to go over the clouds or under the clouds. Now, normally, normally, um, we will go under the clouds and just fly low. But today we decided to go above the clouds for reasons that the pilot had, and, and I always trust my pilots. I won't get in a helicopter if I don't trust them. But when we got there, when we got to a certain point, we ran out of, of visibility, couldn't see anything, so we had to keep going higher and higher and higher. And the higher we got, the more it became uh, clear to us that we couldn't see any land in any direction. Without saying a word to me, they turned the helicopter around and started heading south. And then they radioed back to me and told me, they said, Pastor, uh, we can't see any ground and we're going to go south until we find a hole to get through. Well, we couldn't find a hole. It became clear to me that we were in trouble, but they didn't want to tell me. So I text back, I text, uh, I sent a, a text out to Montgomery and one back here saying, listen, um, we have a, a situation up here that we need you to pray. <laughs> and, and the long and short of it was we encountered something that we didn't expect, had to make a decision. And in that moment, we chose wrong. Had we went under the clouds, we'd have gotten to where we were going and fulfilled the assignment and came back. As it turned out, we had to turn around and come back to point zero and charge it off as a loss and say, next week we'll try it again. It makes me wonder how many of us are in critical situations where we are making the wrong decision. And, and I believe that many times God will, will invite us closer to him to worship simply because he wants to speak to us. He wants to whisper in our ears. And the thing that has to be said cannot be shouted because if it's shouted, it may be taken incorrectly. In there's some things God just has to whisper to you. And I believe what God wants to whisper to us this morning is, is that we've got to make the right decisions at the critical moments so that we get the right results. You're stuck where you are because you keep making the wrong decision. You won't trust God. I believe I speak by the Holy Spirit when I say that God wants to get you out of your situation as bad as you want to get out. The problem is you won't do what God told you to do. In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 is a powerful and simple scripture. The writer of the book of Hebrews is trying, is trying to convey to us that there are people who have overcome insurmountable odds to please the Lord and to turn out to be what we call the heroes of faith. But he, he's trying to show us in this particular verse that it didn't just happen. Before we get to 6, and leave it at 6, but I want to just uh, uh, notify you that before we get to verse 6 and verse 5, the writer mentions Enoch, and he said, Enoch walked with God, and he was not. For before God took him, he had this testimony. He had a simple testimony. And the testimony was that he pleased the Lord. 
that he pleased the Lord. Now, it's easy, it's easy to say I'm pleasing to God, but Jesus, here's what Jesus said. He said, I know my Father uh, honors me and he loves me because I always do the things that please him. I mean, come on, tell the truth. Not many of us in the room could say, matter of fact, not any of us in the room could say, I always do the things that please him. And if you want to take the chance to tell that lie, I just run to where you are, lay hands on you, cast the devil out, and you will never lie again. We, we don't always do the thing. He said, my father is with me always for always do the things that please him. Well, if that, if that is the qualification for the father being with us, then, you know, thank God it's not like that. But when we get to this verse, we're instructed, he says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Must believe that he is invisible yet self-existent. He does exist. There is a God. Somebody shout, God is real. Like when you come to God, you got to believe you're not dealing with some figment of our imagination. God is real. As sure as we're standing here, and, and the Bible indicates if you study scriptures properly, you'll find that the invisible realm is more real than the visible realm. You know, it's, it's amazing how, uh, a matter of fact, uh, there's one group that sung a song, um, um, Life is a Dream but Heaven's Reality. When, when you come out of your body, you never feel more real. There's, there are no limitations. He said, if you come to God, if, if you come to God, you got to believe that He is, and then you got to respect the fact that He's a rewarder of them that seek Him with maximum sustained effort. It takes diligence. And with that scripture today, I, 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 want, I want us to speak from that platform. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 says that we ought to, um, from time to time, examine ourselves to see whether or not we are in the faith. Matter of fact, do you have the message translation back there? If we do, put 2 Corinthians 13 5 in the, from the message translation up there. And I want you to help me read, okay? Now, it's a, it's a shame. I got to put my glasses on to read the big old screen. I'm believing God. Now watch this. It says, matter of fact, would you read with me? Ready? Everybody read. Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need firsthand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, turn to your neighbor attempt, do something about it. Ever have a seat in the presence of God? I want to talk to you. <laughs> you know, I just love the Lord for he has so much confidence in me that he would change the message on the spot. And when he does that, I get tickled because it, it, he's believing on, on the power or his power in me. He has no confidence in me. It's in his power. He said, if, if you fail the test, do something about it. God never called us to do incredible things. Listen to what I'm saying. You, you, know what, you know what troubles me as a pastor? Is when I meet believers who claim to have these encounters with God, who claim to have these supernatural visitations, who claim to have superior knowledge to other folk, but they can't do basic things. Now, understand now, when I speak of basic things, I'm not speaking about performance and, and, and self-appraisal and testing. What I'm, what I'm speaking about are the basic things that we should be able to do if indeed Christ lives within us. They are basic things. Everybody said basic things. 
And one of, the, one of the basic things I want to talk to you about is walking or living by faith. Living by faith is what the Bible calls a basic thing. But another basic thing is to, is to, is to give to others what God has given to us. When the Lord says to you to forgive, when he says to you to love one another, he's not saying, he's not asking you to do something in your own strength while he's standing and, and grade you or praise your performance. When God, when God tells you to do these things, what he's doing is watch this, he's putting you to the test to, for you to prove that Christ is in you. Because if Christ is in you, there's certain things he wants to do through you. And when you struggle with what I call the basic things, you need to go back and test yourself again to see if you're really, put that scripture back up there, to see if you're really in the faith or are you merely just drifting along, taking things for granted. You're taking for granted that because he was there, he is there. You're taking for granted because you were growing, you are growing. You're taking for granted because you had the word, yet you have the word. You're taking for granted that once you're saved, you're always saved. And don't write me no letters about that craziness. There is, listen to me, God can, God can save you, but you could choose to rebel against God. You could choose to, to, to leave the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. You know how we leave the Lord? Or where the potential is to leave the Lord is situation by situation. And so you have faced what I call a circumstance. A circumstance by definition is, a or is made up of a series of situations that are, are over a period of time, over a course of time, it actually surrounds you. The word circumstance means circle, circumvent, it's circumstance, it's, it's, it's around the place that you're standing. And after a period of time, because I didn't deal with this thing properly, it's literally just surround me, and here I am, standing in the midst of a situation, I feel trapped, I can't get out. Anybody ever been there? Anybody can say, Pastor, I feel like I'm there right now, I'm just, to be honest. Come on, be honest, you in church, I'm around God folk. God is here. Anybody feel like, yeah? okay, now let me show you this. What, what is happening is the Bible says, the Bible says, is in a situation like this that you test yourself to make sure that you're in the faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, there are a lot of words that I can exegete. The word exegete simply means to pull out. But there's a word that jumps out, and I, I, I had a conversation with Pastor Brian in Montgomery last night, and I'll tell him, I said, I said, if I don't make it to Montgomery, and I just had a sense in my heart I wasn't going to make it, I said, I want you to, I sent him an outline, I said, I want you to teach the people this. And then later on, I sent him another uh, 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 piece of teaching. And I said, I want, you to, I want you to study this for you and tell me what you think. It was, it was an exegy of the word without, without faith, without faith. Everybody say the word without. This word is a perimeter word. This word describes what I call meets and bounds. It deals with boundaries. Either you're in or you're out. When the Bible says without faith is impossible to please God, literally what's it saying, what it's saying in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 is this. It's saying um, if you're not inside of faith, you can't please God. When it's the, words, the word doesn't just say uh, if you don't have it. That's not the definition. That's not what the word means. This is a word that the Greeks use to say either you're in the building or you're out of the building. Either, you know when you come to Dothan, you see a sign that says Dothan City Limits? And when you leave Dothan City Limits, the sign says leaving Dothan City Okay, that's what it deals with. It deals with either you're in the city limits of faith or you're outside of faith. And what the Bible is really saying is this. As long as you're inside of the perimeter of faith, you got it? Like you're in the dome. If you're in the dome, you can hear me. If you're not, then chances are you can't. You understand what I'm telling you? The scripture says if you're inside of faith, 
then no matter what is happening on the inside, you're going to please God. Because God sent you there and you, you are where God sent you, you're going to be pleasing to God. God will get pleasure out of you even if you're crawling inside of faith. He said, but once you leave out of faith, once you get outside of faith, he said, it is absolutely beyond the scope of possibility that you can please God. You can't do it. First of all, you're not where God told you to be. When we deal with being in faith, it, the question is, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what's happening. My question is, listen to what faith is. Do you trust God enough now to act on what you know? God, now I'm telling you this right now. I'm going to say something that's going to sound real hard. God is not moved by need. God is not moved by pain. What God is moved by is faith. God is obsessed with being believed. And God's thing is either you believe me or you don't. And I'm going to tell you this right now. Many of us are going, I'm going to tell you what, you, what a lot of us are trying to do. And listen, I'm speaking to you as your dad. I'm, I'm pastor. A lot of us are negotiating with God, saying, Lord, because of my situation, you need to give me a pass. You don't understand. You don't know what I've been through. And he's looking at you saying to, saying to himself, don't you think I knew what you were going to go through before I sent you? The difference between you and God is that God trusted his love for you. He trusts his ability to bring you through it. He understands that you got to go through the valley of the shadow of death to come through on the other side of life. He understands that. But you want to be stuck here and ask God to have pity on you. And God said, I already pity you. That's why I need you to get in faith. Here's how it's going to work. You say, but I hurt too bad. I hurt too bad to obey. And God says to you, listen to me. If you can't trust me now, you'll never trust me. If you, listen, if you can't trust me, listen to, listen to this. If you can't trust me when you have no options, if you can't trust me when there's no other help, if you can't trust me when you can't stop your own pain, if you can't trust me when I'm your only help, how, when else will you trust me? Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to, you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets.
Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. And so I, I suspect that I need to, I'm going to take just a few minutes. I'm going to give you a basic faith lesson. How many of you could use a basic faith lesson? How to believe God 101. How many of you want how to believe God 101? We talk, it's amazing. We talk about believing, believing God all the time. I got babies in here. I got babies that I have to disciple. And God forbid they should learn faith by watching you. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm listen, I love you. You know, Pastor, I love you. And there's nothing, listen, you don't look more beautiful than when you leave your seat and come out of the front of worship. Something happens in the house when you, when you change your posture and change your position and just come and just give yourself to God. It's amazing. I like to watch it. It's amazing. It helps my faith. But at the end of the day, when you get finished uh, worshiping and weeping and bowing and running and jumping and ta-ta baba in, you got to walk in faith. Don't nobody want to hear your foolishness or see you, listen, hypocrisy doth drown us. I'm not minimizing your struggle. I'm not overlooking your pain. I hurt. Paul, the apostle Paul talked about the burden of all the churches and the hazard that we walk in as men of God. And the, and the pressure of living in the bubble, in the glass, in, in, the, in the aquarium, in the fishbowl. It hurts. It's, it's just, I don't remember very many days when I don't hurt. I, I welcome the joy of the Lord. I welcome moments in the presence of God so that the pain will leave. But, you could, but doing what we do, we have to hurt. Especially if you, if you don't understand how things work and you're coming into some knowledge. I understand pain. I won't minimize your pain. But what I'm saying to you is, you can't stop walking in faith to give yourself to hurting. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You, have to, you either have to do one or the other. Either I'm in faith or I'm not in faith. With all of the strength you have, you have to muster the strength to be in faith. What's that, what does it mean? To trust God. You've got to trust God. What troubles us are the two things in Hebrews 11 and 6. Number one, many of us struggle with the reality of God when things get difficult. You start asking basic questions. Is God real? I wonder if this is real. You start, you start, listen, you start disowning the very basics of your faith. And then the second thing you question is, if I do what God tells me to do, is there reward? And the Bible says when you come to God, watch this now, the Bible says you got to know, you got to believe that he's a rewarder, that God will not allow you to outdo him. Listen, you can't, you can't, you can't move in faith and then God don't move in, in exchange. When it says move, he's going to move. And when he moves, you're going to know God moved. And so those of the people are probably visiting today and say, man, I thought this was, I thought this was, was a real um, dignified church. Or on some Sundays, we could be dignified. I hate those Sundays. But on some Sundays, we are dignified. On other Sundays, we're not so much. Then the, uh, you catch us on other Sundays, there's just a pandemonium. I love those Sundays. You know, just this absolute, where you can, <laughs> you can see that there's a God loose in here. The devil's busy, but God is loose. You know, that's why I like those Sundays. But today, just simply, I want you to follow me in the scriptures. Follow me in the scriptures. In, in Matthew chapter 11, there's a story that, that we all, uh, from time to time, would, would look at and question um, the motivation of the Lord 
Matthew chapter 11 and verse 22. Jesus is walking by a fig tree and the Bible says that when he saw it in a distance, he, he, he became man just like us, so he's limited to certain things. The eyes are designed according to doctors to see things normally measuring by feet. And so what I'm seeing from 20 feet away is what my eyes are calibrated to do. A person that has 15, 20, or 10, 20 vision has exceptional sight. A person that has 20, 20 vision simply says that you're seeing at 20 feet away what you should be seeing at 20 feet away. And so Jesus being a man, I'm not, I'm not uh, speculating as to what his vision was, but I'm just guessing if he was a regular guy, he had 20, 20 vision. So from 20 feet away, he saw something 20 feet away. He sees a fig tree, and the, in, in that part of the world, in that region of the world, the leaves on the fig tree indicated that it was having fruit. Now, it wasn't the season for fig, but, but they, from some fig tree were known to bear fruit out of season, which was a good thing. You get some pre-season fruit. And so Jesus saw this tree advertising that it had some pre-season fig. And he, so he went to the tree, and the closer he got, he realized this tree was lying. This tree was purporting to have something it didn't have. And so when the Lord walked up to listen to what happened, and I want to bring, I'm not going to show you chapter and verse, but when you read the text, you'll see. If you read the entire context, you'll see. When he walked up the tree, you know what came to his mind? The entire religious system in Israel. It was, a, it was heavy on his heart. That morning before he left, he left where he was with his disciples, God dealt with him about the condition of the temple. He was headed to Jerusalem to cleanse the temple. And on his way there, he passed this tree. And he said, let me get something to eat. And when he saw nothing, was, he said, you know what? This tree reminds me of these people down here in Jerusalem. And he said, no man ever eat fruit of you again. And the tree begins to die. But nothing happened when he said it. He said it and the disciples looked and nothing happened. They kept on walking. And I can imagine the 12 because they were tripped. No, the 12, imagine they, they were like the motley crew following him. They probably going, yeah. The Lord had a meltdown. <laughs> so they go in. He cleanses the temple. He casts out all the money changers. The lame and the halt and the sick and the blind comes in. He heals them and he's leaving the city. When he leaves the city, the next day, the Bible says, the disciples noticed that the tree that he cursed the day before, within 24 hours, had died completely, which was impossible, even in a hot sun. Because a fig tree was not a little tree. For it to die like that, I mean, that's like a year worth of dying that happened in 24 hours. And so Peter looks at the tree and he says, Lord, the tree that you curse is completely dead. And Peter noticed from the root. Now, how did Peter know? He lived in the region. He knew the region. And the Bible says Jesus turns to him, and in verse 22, Matthew chapter, Mark chapter 11, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Let me read it to you while they get there. The Bible reads, and Jesus answering, said unto them, have faith in God. What did he say? Now, Peter says, Master, the tree that you curse is dead. And Jesus answered and said unto him, um, Have faith in God. What does have faith in God have to do with a dead tree? He begins now to teach them how faith works. Let me tell you what happened to believers. We come to the Lord. We learn faith when we first come. As a matter of fact, for the believer, faith is the first thing you must learn when you come to the church. When in Hebrews chapter 6, when the Bible talks about the principle or the basis of the doctrine of Christ, the first thing is, <clears throat> excuse me, repentance from dead works and then faith towards God. After you repent, the first thing you have to learn is faith towards God. But after you learn faith towards God, you're going to learn all these different things, eschatology. 
and the doctrine of the kenosis, how he emptied himself, and all these wonderful prophetic teachings, you can't leave faith. You've got to go back to faith because the Bible says without faith, you've just left the realm of possibility. And what's happening in your life right now is that you have put your faith on the shelf and you're struggling, wrestling with the impossible. And the only thing that the Bible says, all things are possible to him that can't believe. And if you read the book of Hebrews, not just believe it, but believe it enough to act on it. And for some of you, you know, you're not stumping your growth or stumping your progress. One thing. For some of you, the Lord asks you simply to forgive someone that wronged you. But you are, you are arguing with the Lord. You are having an arm wrestle with the Lord because you want to hold on to the wrong that was done to you and don't understand that there are two sides to the coin. The Bible says whoever sins you, re you retain, or re they'll be retained to you. It takes faith to forgive. You forgive by the power of the Holy Spirit in you. It is really God in you forgiving. See, I got to show you this. Y'all making me show you this. I don't want to do this, but y'all making me. Look in your Bibles at 2 Corinthians. Hold your place because we ain't finished. We just, we just coming back to that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. And I want to read it from the New Living Translation because the King James must take me a longer time and I don't want to be translating words. Put it up on the screen. And don't forget Mark 11 because we come back to it. Watch this. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. Here's what it, now everybody read out loud with me. Take your time, ready? Let's read. This means that anyone, come on, lift your voices, has become a, a new person. The old life is gone. Verse 18. And all of this is a gift from God. Uh-huh. And God... Stop. The Bible says God gave us a job to do. And, and this is what I was going to preach on this today. I'm going to take, I'm probably pick it up next week. God gave us a job to do. And here's the job. To reconcile people to him. Now look at verse 19. You're going to love this. It says, For God was in Christ reconciling the world to him. Listen to that statement. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ doing the work of reconciling. God was in Christ. It wasn't Jesus doing it. It was God in him. Watch it. No, wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Don't, let's not get excited yet. You have been given a call. Your job is to, help, is to reconcile people to God. Well, we got to follow the pattern. The pattern is God got to be in you. Reconciling the world just like he was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Now, if God asks me to forgive, then God got to be in me forgiving people. If God tells me to love, God got to be in me loving people. If God tells me to give, God got to be in me giving. I just can't do it. I agree. I do concur. My question is, now that you've said and realized you can't do it, now put yourself to the test and see if God is in you. 
Because if God is in you, you can't do it, but that's some, that's some good stuff, man. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. That's the stuff that men make you bite the back out of the chair in front of you and smack your neighbor. Listen, everybody shout, I can't do it. But God can. Now we have to put ourselves to the test. Listen to what the apostle said. Examine yourself to see whether or not you're in the faith. Because if God is in you, like he's supposed to be, he will, you say, well, I don't see why God has allowed me to go through this. How many of you said that recently? Come on. It's not, how many, how many of you say, it ain't fair that I have to go through this. I can't believe that God let another thing happen to me after all that's happened to me. Here's what he said. He said, I know you can't do it, and you know you can't do it. Now what I need you to do is examine yourself and see if you have enough of me in you to pull this off. Not your ta-ta, baba, ha, shot. No, 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 no. All that tongue talking. I ain't against tongue. I speak in tongue. I pray in tongue more than you all. But after you have professed a good profession before many witnesses, it's time to put up or shut up. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Heart Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.